All right. Didi, we're pushing back to 12. Well, we're not. She has to do something, I guess. She, she's almost home. She was in Cleveland for the game last night. She's uh-huh. driving back All to right. Pittsburgh. So she's going to come out at 12-15. So let's get into the yep. Kareem Hunt thing now then, guys. All right. So I think we all assumed if the Browns lost that game last night that they would trade Kareem Hunt today. And I think a lot of people thought, myself included, that if they did, that if they won, they wouldn't trade him. Justine Anderson this morning. Right now, it's still quiet in Cleveland. Browns went into last night anticipating not being super active at the deadline. My understanding is they'd prefer to keep Kareem Hunt, just not sure if they'd meet his market desires in free agency. Still, not just going to give him away. Guys, you, if you feel like you're still in the hunt, and the Browns are still in the hunt, they are 2-1 and one in their division, we all know it's a major uphill climb yes. for them to make the playoffs. But if I'm only going to get, what do we think is the best case scenario? Third round pick? Is it possible? Fourth. They're asking for a fourth. Well, we don't know that that's true. That's been the speculation. What What do we think is the best case scenario? Jason, what do you think is the best case scenario? Probably, it pro- fourth probably okay. is the best So case what's scenario. the point of trading Kareem Hunt for a fourth round pick? No, if, I'm, I'm against it. Yeah. Uh, if it's three or higher, I think you have to have a serious conversation. But fourth rounder. So that's your, that's your I drawing. Think a third, line. I think I would probably third, go you would do, do it. it. But not, I mean, you can get a starter with a third round pick. Like, you can yeah. absolutely get. Emerson's the third round. Line depth pick. And, and cornerback depth. You, you can get a player. I think fourth round, it's starting to get a little bit harder. Now you're starting to throw darts a little bit. Although, I mean, we were knocking Andrew Barry earlier. Like, Isaiah Thomas, I think, was a seventh round pick. This guy can play. Isaiah yeah, Thomas finally showed up yesterday. Did he cut, but did his value go up yesterday? Kareem? Yeah. See, I don't buy no. into that. He has great, he's a great player. You're, you're not shopping a guy. 12 hours before the deadline mm-hmm. because if he pulls a hamstring, that's it. You're, you're, you're right. getting nothing for right. it. So I don't buy – I know there was two thoughts. That I don't buy the fact that they were trying to show – Doesn't everybody him. already know everybody Kareem Hunt's a great player? Everybody right. knows who Maybe he is. Kareem Hunt went to the Rams or the Bills or a team where he was going to be the number one guy, which he right. can't we're be all, We're all human. Be great. Maybe you need reminded of it. Maybe I you need to see him uh, remind – like Mike, you trade them? Do you want to – I I got I got to believe in him. If he says it's a third, he knows more than I do about this. If you say third round pick is worth it, then I would say third round pick is worth it. Gee, what do you you trade him? Hell no, I'm not trading for two reasons. One reason is you you sell into your locker room that we do willing to do whatever it takes to win this year. And if you've got an opportunity with with Kareem Hunt to continue to play with Deshaun Watson, to continue to work and to get any victories that you can. You got to sell that to your team because they're going out preaching it. They're telling them, hey, guys. That's a good point. Total line. That's a good point. Total line. Are we doing everything we can? And if you get rid of Kareem Hunt, they're looking at you like, you are we really trying to win? Because right. you, you trade him for a fourth-round pick. We cut fourth-rounders around here. But, but here's the thing. They have more than capable backups if Jerome Ford's ready to come off IR. Obviously, they like him. He is the Kareem Hunt replacement for next year. Right. Dearness Johnson has proven he's more than capable. Kareem Hunt on the Browns is a backup running back. That's it. You might That's as well, who he is. That's what he is. And you might as well start getting those guys some reps this year and get them some experience you, Jason, because you know, me, you know the cream is not going to be here G, next year. I'm not trading him. I'm not interested in trading him unless the offer was just too good to refuse. Like, and what's too good offer. to refuse for you? To me, even like a third, third me, is a, not a Christian McCaffrey type of offer. Okay. Because by the way, that. that's not coming though. Just well, be I know that's, that's not, not coming, but that's the only way pick? I would do a that. Second round pick. Would a you second do round pick. I trade him. for a I second have, round pick. I, you I do it. Okay. So, but I don't really want to because if I'm a bet, you would for a second round. pick. I guess I would. Okay. You're putting his value as 2018 Kareem Hunt. And that's not who we have no evidence. We have no evidence 
that he is 2018-2019 Kareem Hunt because uh, of injuries and because of the way he's been used. I, I, and my I point think there is, is we some have, evidence. We all I have our See, Zach Jackson yelled at me this morning yeah. already once for saying the same thing. Look at the way. Yes, he's still valuable. Yes, of course he's valuable. Because I, this is the point I made in the piece I wrote this morning. Yeah. If, if I'm a team trying to trade for Kareem Hunt, like we talked about this in our group chat, the Jets need a running back when Brees Hall went down. They went and got James Robin, Robinson for a sixth. Kareem Hunt is a better running back than James Robinson. But if you look at their numbers since the start of last year, yeah. James Robinson has outperformed Kareem Hunt. So if you're a team. Well, what numbers? Rushing, receiving, and touchdowns. What do you mean total? Yeah, like, total production, total yards. Not because he but hasn't play as played a lot. That's right. my point. But, they, but no, I him. can't judge him that way. Why not? Because I think Kareem Hunt has the same skill set that Chris, Christian McCaffrey is, and I don't buy that he's significantly worse than but, Christian but McCaffrey. But if I'm, if so I'm, I'm the, but if I'm the Bills trying to trade agree, for him, Jason, and that's why nobody's going to give up that package, right? But I, I, I think he, we agree I, on I that. I think yeah. he can make that same kind of impact. But I agree, nobody will give up that package. But if I'm the Browns coming off what could be a season-changing win. I'm not trading a guy who's a key player on my offense. Even if I, like, they used him more, and he was a big factor in right. that game yesterday, and they should use him more. Yes, he's a backup, but there are plenty of teams that use two running backs right. valuably, right. And, and the Browns have done it at times. So you are not trading him unless they offer you a second-round pick. Man, look. But, right, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, but uh, if they did, you would. I'll I would begrudgingly do it for a second-round pick. Okay. No, not just the second-round pick. This, I'm talking about the same offer for McCaffrey. They got a second, a third, a fourth, So you pick. have your price. Again, though. it's not, yes, there is a price where I would do it, Yes. but I don't think anybody is going to meet that price. But how do you go to the locker room t- less than 24 hours after this win and say, guys, we just you know traded for a fourth you know, round pick. You know how you do it? Because yeah. you say, look at his attitude last night. He wants out of here. He doesn't want to be here. We don't the want players guys. don't care about that. But listen, but that's what you yeah. tell him. You tell him we don't want guys who don't want to be here. Hold that's on, how you hey, sell hold, it hold to him. See, he, they, they, that's not a selling point because here's the thing. Last year when they traded OBJ, everybody in the locker room was like, why'd you do that? Why would you? Why would you trade him? We yeah. like him in a locker room. We think you don't use him enough. And they we, cut him, right? And they cut they him. They cut, cut him. him. Yeah. And then he went somewhere and balled. If you do that two years in a row and you hand Kareem I, Hunt to a contender, cutting him. You're not cutting, and you have to look at the whole, the bigger factor. But they don't care issue. about that. And listen, I don't think they're trading him. Yeah. Okay. Like I want that on the record. Yeah. I don't think Devil, he's getting moved. He's just moved playing today. devil's advocate. I, no, I hear what Jason. I'm it. just saying you just traded away a bunch of picks to get to Sean so Watson. So is one fourth round pick going to make a difference? If for a guy you're going to lose it, I said I said third. I like I think I would need a third for him. Okay. But for a guy you're going to lose at the end of the year anyway, and again. On this team, you guys are one pick apart on this, on by the, the way. But that's, that's all it takes to make a deal. He said third. Deal. I'm he saying second, second, third, but, fourth, fifth. Same trade as McCaffrey. Yeah, I'll okay. take us. I'll take a second, fourth, fifth. I'll on, give on up the third. On this two. team, on this team, yeah. he is a backup running back. That's He's it. He's more than but a traditional in, back. But, but, but they don't use him in that. Well, they do. Not but really. in the last two. But, but, really. but, but, but you have to take a look at. You have to take a look at who he is in this locker room. It's, it's Nick Chubb's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I, yeah, I, I think in the end, he's I not going to get traded. I think today. OBJ was a lot more higher. I agree than with Kareem. Yeah, I do agree in terms of locker room status. I yes. do agree with that. Yes. I, I think. And last and, night, he was a dude who does not want to be here. I also don't Which think, I don't blame him. I don't I also, if I were him, I'd want to go somewhere else. Out I also I don't play. think Nick Chubb is going to get sad and stop being no. Nick Chubb exactly. if his friend isn't here exactly. anymore. By the I, way. Can I ask you guys a question on this real quick? Yeah. We just went around the horn before. And, yeah. Paul, you asked everybody, do you think the Browns will make the playoffs? And yeah. All four of you guys said no. Right. 
I know it's tough optically because they just won 12 hours ago and it saved the season. But if they had lost, I think we're all saying you sell them for whatever you can get. Right, because then the season's over, so what's the difference? But, my, but my, coming my off this is, win, I, I, that's hard to sell in the uh, Agreed, room. and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not disagreeing that. My question, though, is, and Jason kind of touched on it, you did just give up three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. I don't care. And you do need some draft capital moving I, forward. I think so. that argument's a bad one. No, it's not. Not make, the NFL. Getting one draft pick... You're not making up the three first-round picks. Losing, you don't need to make it up. No you have what, Deshaun Watson. What if that draft pick helps you move up a spot or something, too? That's all Who still cares? draft capital. You can always get I can always make a trade in the offseason to get a draft pick. But you got to get draft picks not from somewhere. Third. you got to get draft picks you from somewhere. You can get third-round picks. For giving up something of value. Hey, and again, and again I would not hold getting on to the him. third anyway, so it doesn't and matter. And here's why I would hold on to him yeah. is because of the optionality that it gives you. Because Jason, what if, yeah. what if Nick Chubb has a catastrophic exactly. injury next exactly. week. Right. It changes the entire conversation that you're having around. It could Kareem even Hunt. change the conversation you have in the offseason. So, Isn't there, so this is why, yeah. like, I don't want to trade him. I don't think he will be traded. Right. But if a team offers me a third for him, I'm trading so, him. So you know why I wouldn't do it? Because any team that's doing that is finishing in the bottom. So it's like the 100th pick in the draft. I don't care about the They got Martin Emerson in the so, third so hold round. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. But you got to start putting names to these third rounds. You say, okay, well, who's in the third round? So you traded... Kareem Hunt for Jordan Elliott. Mm. You traded. Yeah. You traded Kareem Hunt for Anthony Schwartz. Mm. These are threes. Kareem yeah, Hunt for one Martin Emerson. Right, like, but we can give you a ton of guys. Of course, it's a crapshoot. But right. I'm saying, you if you know what you're doing and if you can draft well, and their record is spotty. But I firmly believe the longer a GM is in a position, the better they get at drafting. We just haven't experienced that yet because they <coughs> get agreed, fired after a year. But teams get it wrong all the time. Of course and, they do. And there's other ways to get but players, and the Browns don't need a ton of players, in my opinion. If you're going to lose them at the end of the year anyway, if yeah. you can get a three for him, you move him for a three, I don't think it's going to happen. I but will I agree to it. disagree. And I think his part... But I agree with you that it's not going to happen. I think Mikey's point yeah. was, we all agree that they're not making the playoffs... So we're hanging on to this guy, even though the who we you're going to lose at the end of the year anyway. anyway. No, we're going to lose at the year anyway. But anyways. aren't they? By the way, aren't they going to get a compensation pick for That's him? That's a good point. I, I wanted to ask, but about it will that. probably be it, you get it the following the following year, year. But and it's based on contract what he gets. He's not going to get a ton, so it's probably going to be a fifth, sixth, sixth seventh round, round compensatory. Okay, pick. all right. You got a little best case, worst case. Best case is you do a third round pick. You get somebody that's a contributor. You move all everybody up. Dearness Johnson and, and, and Ford. But guess what? The worst case scenario in which you could lose a whole locker room is Kareem Hunt gets in, or excuse me, Nick Chubb gets injured. He's gone. You just traded Kareem Hunt to a, to a contender, and now you have Dearness Johnson as your running back, and people are looking at you like and you're Anthony a fool. Schwartz backing him up. Even though I, even though if we all had to bet, we bet they don't make the playoffs. I think we all agree that the door is open a little sure. bit, yeah. right? And so I'm not giving up that hope. By yeah. trading one of my most talented players, even if he's are. not as I don't you, think you are. I, I think you are. I think you are. That's how I see it. Yeah. Uh, even if he's not used as much by the Browns as we, maybe he should be, and certainly would be by other teams because he'd be the number one. I guy. got one more uh, argument for keeping him on the team. Yeah. Uh, that does not, it's not about draft picks. It's not about help him helping us achieve go to the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, I'm a Browns fan, and I like watching him play. He's fun to watch play, and I want to watch players play that I think are fun to watch play, and that guy's always a hoot. It's it's entertaining. I came to be entertained, and I like watching that man play, and if I had, if I have however many more games of watching him play, then I just, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for that. So, I'm, I'm, that's one more reason, one more argument for the man. I, if you're like, if you're a Chicago Bears fan right now, right, 
They came off that, you know, I know they lost last week, but the week before they came off that big win of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They're playing a lit, you know, they're not very good, but they're three and five. They're hanging in there. And they've just traded a bunch of guys. Like, if you're a fan and the team's been bad a while, and like, you just, it feels like you're giving up on the season. And trading Kareem Hunt is not a white flag on the season because they still have, you know, like one player who, do, who, who is a backup is not ending the season. But it feels that way. And yeah. it feels that way to the fan base, which you can't make trades for the fan base. But sometimes it's not just about looking at the analytics. And I'm a big analytics guy. I'm always fighting for analytics. Yep. But, some, but the smart GMs find that balance of human and analytics. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, I think trading Kareem Hunt coming off that win, even though I'm sure he'd like to be on a team where he'd be the starter, because if he went to Buffalo, my God, he'd be fantastic. I know, the Rams, scary. he'd be fantastic. And it's not, and he could be here if Nick Chubb wasn't here, but he is. So does he, he give you, it comes down to this, does he give you a better chance of you making the playoffs with yes, him on the roster? Yes, I think so. Yeah, of course. Yes. I, I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, Mikey McNuggets. So, I was not advocating for trading Hunt, for the record. I was just pulling it out there. Yep. Other question, there's a couple other guys who may be on the trading block for the Browns as we wait for a DD. Do you think Greedy Williams survives the 4 or 5 I don't p.m. Care. deadline? I don't even think he's worth discussing. Do you think they make any moves? Why would anybody give up anything for Greedy Williams? Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to hit free agency. I mean, why would anybody he had give food He food poisoning can't play. last night. What he was he on do? the bench most of the night. He had food poisoning. Wait, some he's, bad clams or something before the game? He said he had bad game? seafood on Wednesday. Huh. Like, Oh, we, I've never heard of food poisoning last Kicking in. Bad six that much hours. Later. Um, Did they make any moves? Add somebody? I mean, he's, no. I guess, he's always playing. I guess, I, obviously, I didn't hear the broadcast. Did Joe Buck mention something about John, Jack Conklin being on the trade? Yeah, he yeah, did. Joe, Joe Buck mentioned that. Curious. Yep. Like, that's curious. Because I, I, I hadn't heard that. But hey, you know what? Somebody told him that for him to take I, it to the I'd air. I'd rather them trade Conklin than Kareem Hunt. I would, <laughs> yeah, because you can slide James Hudson from what right. we've we, seen. James Hudson's looked great whenever he's been out there. He has. Yeah. Uh, Conklin was a little banged up. He came he's out. He's always hurt, Conklin. Um, and he's not back next year we either. We were not saying right. that about Hudson last year either. At the recall. end of the season, the Steelers game at yep. the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. He was, got really racked. Brutal. So, yeah. yeah. Wait, was, was Hudson the one that they accused him not being able to block T.J. Watt? They kept leaving him one-on-one? They kept leaving him in single That was Hudson? I mean, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that shows, was better. He's played that this shows year. the coaching, I think. Callahan's and, a goat. Yep. And somehow, I also want to credit. I also want to credit Joe Thomas for that for some reason, just for the oh, hell of it. Go ahead. By the it, way, yeah. on a, uh, is Kendrick Will's getting his fifth-year option picked up? Ooh, yeah, I think he is. Uh, I think so. Uh, yeah. Because what, who <laughs> they say who you'll put there? You have much more pressing needs on the defensive side. You have yeah. limited assets now. You're not going to find a left tackle in free agency who's any better than him. Yeah. He's like, been their worst offensive lineman. Okay, but yeah. is he really killing you? I, no. I, I've, <coughs> had this, I've had this conversation this morning with, with Ken and, and Lima on their show, yeah. and, I, and I just flippantly threw out to Zach as we were leaving the Do press Do you throw box. in when you're on this show, when you're on with those clowns? Oh, yeah. Or good. I like the show I'm not allowed to talk about. That's what I said. So absurd. Can I ask you a personal question real quick? Ridiculous, yeah. What is it like being a host in Cleveland on a Browns-related show? Yeah and having your team be owned by the Cleveland Browns so thoroughly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm glad you asked that question. I want to know, really. It's a weird reaction. I don't like when the Bengals play the Browns. Right. We were talking about this yesterday. After I, the show, I really don't like it because yeah. it just, I don't know, I just I, just like I hated when the Cubs put the Guardians and the Indians in the World Series. I yeah. hated that. I wish the, I, We hated it, too, at <laughs> the end there. I really was. Uh, I, I really wish the Cubs had played somebody else and then the Indians had won it the next year. Yeah, you're in a bad spot here. The, so, I... It's not even that because I'm not like a phony. I'm not going to pretend. Right. Like when the Bengals. I know that. When the Bengals lose to the Browns, like 
I was like pissed off watching the Bengals because they played like garbage. Right. Um, but I don't get as sad for whatever reason when like I don't really get as sad as I did when I was younger. When the yeah, Bengals I'm the same lose. way. I'm not. I'm excited when they play well and win, but I don't get that bummed when they lose. Yeah. But it, except for the Steelers, I hate when they lose to the Steelers. But I was also I. I the only thing I care more about than my teams is being right. Literally, right. <laughs> nothing matters more to me than being right. Right. And I want to be right about Kevin <clears throat> Stefanski when so many others have jumped off the Stefanski bandwagon. Right. So. Even though there's at the half, like the fandom in me wanted the Bengals to win, but the other half of me so wanted the Browns like to win. It's almost a win-win-lose-lose. It kind of is when they play each other. For yeah, me. it's a weird. I don't like it. I can it. imagine weird, it being a weird mix. I kind of. Yeah. It, it would remind me of being in uh, two fantasy leagues or three fantasy leagues. When you got, uh, where, where, you got where you right. got Jalen Hurts in one squad, and then he, so you're playing against Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. He like, but, but I want him to play well. I know, but right. I can't want him yeah, to play well that much. It, it screws the whole. Well, I had Lamar Jackson in my keeper league four years in a row. So it was like always, but speaking of which, with fantasy, to make fun of myself a little bit, but like selfishly, I, I, I do want Kareem Hunt to get traded because I have him in two leagues <laughs> and he's going to be a lot more valuable if he goes somewhere else. But right. for the Browns, I don't want him to be traded. So I'm going to, you know, that's what that's I want. Crazy. I don't want him to be traded. Yeah. So. You don't anyway. believe though that, uh, do you think, you, you assume that Jason's thing is right about it just being a mathematical uh, anomaly, the fact that it's weird. the Bengals haven't done well against the Browns. But they only haven't done well in the last couple of years. Right. For a lot of years before Since that. Since the, the Bengals. Bengals got good. Like, it's, that's what's so weird. But the Bengals yeah. only been good for two years. And that's when they've just but it's them. only two games. The second game last year, the Bengals played all their bench players. Uh, do you, no, no, the I mean the game where OBJ blew out his knee. They yeah, won that one. They won that one. It still has wait, to wait, be. Wait, you're, you're talking well, about Becker, yeah, two years 25, ago. Yeah, but the Bengals weren't any good that year. The, Bengals were awful in twenty. The COVID year were they terrible in COVID? Yeah, they ended up with the fifth pick in the draft. That's oh, how they got okay. Jamar Chase. All right, yeah, yeah, I yeah, wonder. Yeah. So, but in the last two years, yeah. the Bengals yeah. and Browns. I just spit on you, G. Sorry. Oh, it's good. Um, in the last two years, the Bengals and Browns have played two legit games. Yeah. And in those two legit games, the Browns have destroyed them. Yeah. So I don't think but it's enough of still, a sample. Like right. this whole They're, one team owning the other. I don't believe it I, either. I just don't believe I don't in believe general. It either. Like I think right. that's silly. I don't Mikey believe it McNuggets either. was spreading it conspiracy is theories that the Bengals are like already beat when they come to the stadium. I don't buy that. But it is odd that it, it is was odd last year. Last year, they're the, the team that went to the continues, Super Bowl last year. The more it gets in their head. That's that's it. It's yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy to a degree. Yes. He still has a monkey on his back because he hasn't beaten the no. Browns. And at first, I think it is just math. And I think it's just like they just happen to play bad. Right. Time's up. But then it, these guys are impressionable. They're, I think there's a lot of psychology sure. to this because we've seen it with the, this Browns team. I can't explain they, it. But the, but the Browns have played their their two best games by far the last two years are against the Bengals. Yeah. I, just, I just think when you look at the Bengals, like they're they're like a, a, a man with no country, so to speak. Like they have the, the capabilities of playing like the Bills, right? We just gonna throw the ball. We don't care what you say, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but they also have a guy who they went to the Super Bowl, and Joe Mixon. He had the best year of his life or something. Yeah. So, so you look at it, you're like, okay, you come into this year and you're like, okay, so what do we want to do? I heard him talking about it before the game. He said, you know, we're still going to run a lot of three receiver sets because that's just what we do, yeah. even if we don't got Jamar Chase. So if you're going to be married to the pass, hell, just get back there and do it. Yeah, I mean, listen, first of all, it's only one game, so I don't want to get carried away. But from a Bengals perspective, Joe Burrow's got to prove he can be great without Jamar Chase. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, as a rookie, Joe Burrow was fine before he got hurt, but well, it's not a lot, a lot of games. You're the first, like, you first person to say that. I mean, he I was fine, <laughs> but he wasn't great, and he obviously did not play well. And it's not all his fault because their line did not play well. 
But still, he didn't play well. He missed some throws. And obviously, when you go from Jamar Chase to Michael Thomas, There's, not, yeah, not the Ohio off. State. I mean, that's a, as big a drop-off as you can possibly have. But it's not an excuse for losing. Joe Burrow's got to play better. Yeah. The offensive line hasn't played well enough. Damn. And they can't run block. Mm-hmm. They did. They, put that stat back up. They really they really dominated two dudes. It was crazy. I, I, Listen, I, the numbers indicated every step. It, it was an this. absolute ass-kicking yesterday. 193? Ass-kicking yeah. of the highest order. That's a little what over was the time? What was the time yards? of possession, too? It felt like from the middle the of the second. time of possession, sec- by the way, was 37 yeah. minutes to 23. Yeah. By the way, from the insane. middle of the second quarter to the middle of the third quarter, it felt like an hour that the Bengals didn't have the ball. Yeah. It seemed like the Browns had the ball for like an hour. That is that that is where. Yeah. So, you talk about when you get to, like, what's the holy grail? The holy grail for the Browns, and I first saw this when they played um, the Dallas Cowboys a couple years ago when, when Odell ran that reverse and everybody had a hundred yards it seems mm-hmm. when the Browns get to that point where they stop time on you. Yeah, it's that's that's the highest level because like you said teams are like dude. Yep. They didn't have the ball the whole you damn see quarter. Nick Chubb run for four <laughs> yards and stay in bounds, and the clock just keeps moving, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, right. move that clock, go on. Yeah, because if they get up twelve, it's hard because it, and and I will say that's when Kevin Stefanski sequences things, right? When he's sequencing like, okay, let's run the play action here, and then he gets six yards. Mm-hmm. Now if it's, it's it's first, it's second to four. You can't stop that. They take yeah. the whole damn game away. And that's the highest level of what their offense is. No doubt. Last two things I would like to rip the Bengals for since you brought Please, it up. Please, I'm glad. Number one, Zach Taylor, I've said this consistently, even when he went to the Super Bowl, is not a good coach. Joe Banner that. agrees with you. He, you and Joe Banner agree. I, yeah. You said that. He is not yeah. a good coach. I've said this consistently. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's a better coach than Zach Taylor. I would bet anything on that. If they had the same roster, Kevin Stefanski would have more success. I can't name a single player on the Bengals offense that has over like that he could say he Joe Burrow's a great talent. Jamar Chase is a great talent. T Higgins is a great talent. Uh T- Tyler Boyd's a good talent. Uh Joe Mixon's a good talent. He don't get I, I, I can't say he's elevated to play on anybody of offense. The Bengals DC is excellent. They didn't play a good game yesterday. Yeah. But their DC Lou Anarumo, they got a bunch of just guys on their defense. Yeah. And outside of yesterday, they played great and they played great last year. And the adjustment they made to Kansas City in the AFC Championship is one of the all-time defensive coordinator adjustments. Patrick Mahomes looked lost in the second half. But their coach stinks. And Tyler Boyd, who I love and is one of my favorite Bengals, he embarrassed himself and he embarrassed the entire fan base yesterday. Yeah, I don't want to see this nonsense celebrating when you score a touchdown. It's 25 nothing. Yeah. yeah. You score a touchdown, he's doing the sniff the fingers thing. <laughs> by, by the yeah. way, I hate that. I don't know what it is, that's but that right. sniff the fingers thing. Yeah. Every uh, time a player does that, I want to punch the freaking guy in the it's face. It's not hell. Yeah, it's not and good. And Joe Mixon. No, no one tell Bull what that is. I, I'm so, by the way, I'm pissed at Steve <laughs> Becker. I'm pissed at Adam Ostro right now because I can't curse and I want to curse. <laughs> yeah. I'm pissed at all of them. All right? <laughs> Joe Mixon, can't grow the bleep him? up. All right? Don't try to start a fight on every play. Nick Chubb gets cheap shots on him every single play. Yeah, and he never does any of that nonsense. Never. Nick Chubb is a stud, and you are just a guy, Joe. Pull look at the camera. Pull look at the camera. I don't yeah. look at the camera. I'm sorry that I don't look at the camera. I've been doing radio for 20 freaking years, yeah. and now I'm doing TV. Uh-huh. By the way, subscribe to our YouTube page. <laughs> Become a member for a dollar ninety nine. You get an emoji of me screaming. And you and, and right now you. It, it, by the way, if anybody does have those stickers, are those stickers out now? 
Oh, they're being blasted in the chat. Oh, thank oh, you. Nonstop. Smack nonstop. all those stickers. Yeah. If you want some stickers, it's a dollar ninety nine. Get you some Snickers. Stickers. Don't have Maybe people. And Snickers. And a Snickers. Don't have people. I will have a smacking. Snickers. Yeah. Mikey Nuggets fact. looks in that picture as like a he matter just of saw fact. his parents having sex. Yes. That's what he looks like. There you go. Have a Snickers. Uh, we're gonna, no, no, we're moving on. Aditi, what's up? Thank you for being here to save us from any further hey. comment on that. Uh, Aditi, how criminal is it that we are not allowed to curse on TV? Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life? No, not really, because we, in theory, don't want our children hearing us curse, and why? that's why we why? have a spurge. They're words. We, children words, children but... see violence. Children see terrible behavior all the time, all over the place. What is me? I curse in front of my son. He knows it's an adult word because I'm not, I don't talk to him like he's a five-year-old. I talk to my son, and I say to him, I use these words. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're adult words. You're not you allowed to use them. You don't use them. When you're an adult, you can use them. I, and it's perfectly fine. And generally, people that curse more are more intelligent. That's been proven by science. And so we should curse them. <laughs> really? There has I been a study done. That cursing is a crutch when you don't have a good vocabulary. No, I got a great vocabulary. <laughs> and I got a perfectly fine. No, I don't have a great vocabulary. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to overrate my vocabulary. <laughs> my vocabulary <laughs> is adequate. It's right in the middle. And Adequate. usually people that have too big a vocabulary a, are snooty people a or obnoxious that just like to say words because they think nobody else knows it, so they have to explain it. No, uh, no, no, unless yes. it's actually part of your natural conversation. Are you saying I don't have a good vocabulary? I feel like most people who know me actually comment on my vocabulary. I didn't say you have. But I'm definitely I, not one of those people that's using big words just to use big words. I wasn't talking about you specifically, but I'm saying, no, hmm. I'm saying people do that. Okay. I don't, okay. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really graded, I haven't broken down your vocabulary. I no, assume you've never really thought about my vocabulary. I haven't okay. really, it hasn't crossed my mind because I'm These not obsessed you know, with the vocabulary. One of my early hits at CBS and I got a message immediately, ameliorate. Do most people know what ameliorate means? Do you know what ameliorate means? Mm -hmm. I have no freaking clue and I don't care. But I, no, can, no, I, I do care, go I ahead. I can go. make it up. It, it means can, to can, make better, to make a situation better. <laughs> you use that word? Uh, I do. I do. That's an obnoxious word. Oh, all <laughs> because, right. Just because you didn't know it. You didn't even know the word until three seconds Because ago. nobody no, knows that word. Don't use words word? that people don't know. And I'm, you, a, I'm a dunderhead. I'm I don't know that them. word. This is your I'm friend. You're all being obsequious. <laughs> this is your buddy. You got. This is your guy. You take Isn't him to potlucks. What's that? Wait, doesn't obsequious mean overly attentive and fawning? I was being, no, I don't know. I have no idea what that word means. Doesn't I just know. said, that was he my was joke. Being facetious, oh. Aditi. Oh, well. There's my vocabulary. That's an acceptable word. Yeah. That's not too hoity. Jason, did you have fun at the game last night? I got to see Jason for a minute, but I really didn't Ten get to seconds. catch up. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you, but we just didn't get the chance. I thought you'd come no, in studio. No, you were too busy. You were in town. I thought you'd come in studio today. No, you know what? I got in. I literally got in just before the game. So, like, I got in at maybe 5 p.m. I did what I needed to do. And then during the game was just insane. And then there was a little bit of post game. And I literally just drove back from Cleveland. And then I, you had to get out of your Harley Quinn outfit to, <laughs> so you could be on camera, I assume, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what a Harley Quinn outfit is, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt. She's a villain. So you don't know Harley Quinn? She's but a, she knows Ameliorate. Yeah. You know Ameliorate? I don't know Harley, know Harley Quinn. Quinn. What, what am I missing? It's, oh. like, it's the Harley bad guy Quinn, in Batman. Like the Harlequin novels? Uh, no, Harley Quinn is a character from, from the DC universe. I don't watch that junk. That's I a, was pretending like you were a ba you went as a basic co uh, girl costume. But she dresses very as like, a, uh, as a joke, yeah. like gothy kind of. Yeah. It, it's the Joker's girlfriend. Yes. 
Hey, hang on a second. I'm going to throw a water bottle. I don't want you to hear it. Missed. Oh. Missed. Not even close. I thought, you got ri- I thought you got rid of the garbage can because it's you back. Were so bad. It's no. back. This is the first day it's back. Because Jay and Jason are out of control with this behavior. Yeah. I'm very unprofessional. It wasn't I'm even a good effort. for the show. Yeah. Without Jay here, our shooting percentage is like way down yeah, yeah, yeah. as a team. All right. All right. Who, who, has, who has a real question? Real quick, who got yeah, a real let's question? get serious. Wait, no, hang, hang on. Hang on. We have some breaking news on the trade front. It's not Cleveland related. Why would you do that? Because it's a big trade. All right. Go ahead. TJ Hawkinson, who's fifth in the league in tight end. Receiving guards is traded to the Minnesota Vikings with division. So that just leads us off. Aditi, is anyone on the Browns? That's a bad job out of you. Why would they do that's that? irrelevant to the Browns. Let's well, it just, it's starting the avalanche of trade. No, that's all. but it's like, what is going Like, how do you tr- trade to a division rival in yeah, such a great year? I just saw TJ. Because the Lions suck. I had the Lions-Dolphins game. Why would they trade him? This whole idea, you know, the conversation that I had with Brad Holmes and with Dan Campbell, and even with Sheila Hamp, who of course is the owner, was about building around this young core and how young this team is and how guys like an Amon Ross St. Brown and a Jeff Akuda are who you need to build around and grow with and teach these guys how to win. I'm just sort of surprised because I heard nothing about TJ Hawkinson. And I'm very, very tempted to look at my phone right now because very funny story. Random You're aside. You're too. We look at ours. Well, Go ahead. Random aside. When I am a sideline reporter, I generally stand. I mean, if I'm not like standing behind there, the look bench. look at that. Look at that hot shot. <laughs> I'm looking yeah, at the details yeah, of this fine. trade, Mike. Bro. Go ahead. He go got ahead. a second and third round pick for him. Aditi, go on. Well, they gave up two picks also. I stand at the line of scrimmage, and the Dolphins are playing the Bears this weekend. And so a Bears coach who is breaking down the All-22 from Sunday's game sent me a photo of me almost being run over by a tight end. And it's really, really funny. Thank goodness I have such cat-like reflexes that I wasn't actually run over. But it is such a funny photo, and now I'm wondering if it's Hawkinson. Yeah, but now you would you would have been on that NFL workers' comp for like the next 15 <laughs> years of your life. You should well, have no, taken that hit. No, because I no longer work end. for the NFL. Look at this photo. Can you see it? Uh, oh man, oh, he wow. almost took you out. Oh wow. my yeah. God! He was that is Hawkinson, yeah, but, by the way. Uh, and that then is here's 88. One. 88, right? Did your life flash before your eyes? Oh, wow. No, that dude behind me was in the way. So, like, basically what happened is that I stepped back to get out of the tight end's way. Did we determine is this Hawkinson or not? 88 Hawkinson, so. Your body Okay, so it it was Hawkinson. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it was totally, it was totally. This is probably why they traded him, that he almost ran me over, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. You honestly, you look like a cat that sees a dog coming. Sidelines of football like, games are dangerous. Space. That dude was like right on top yes, of me. Yes, you know. see, there's a lot of space. Like, back up. So, anyway, I step back. I end up stepping on his foot. And yeah. I say, Excuse me. And Hawkinson is coming at us. And that dude, just so you know, was not looking to help me. He just kind of backed himself up. Look, is he helping me? Is he pulling well, me out of the way? Is he doing anything? Let's call that guy out. He's a D-bag. Yeah, let's, let's get him find, fired. Find that guy's name. <laughs> okay. Let's. So, isn't that? I think that he's probably like a team doctor. I think it's a great photo, <laughs> but I think it's even more funny that it's a Bears coach well, we're catching doxing. it on the All-22 to send it to me. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. By the way, what kind of doctor is he if he's letting you get crushed by a football player? Oh, yeah, so maybe he's not a doctor. Maybe he was a security guy. I don't know who he was. I, I have no idea who he was. But I was very like, get out of my space. 
There are so many people on sidelines. I, by the way, here's the trade for those who are interested since Mikey broke the news. Minnesota trades a, uh, a, in the 2023, a second-round pick this year and a third-round pick next year mm-hmm. for Hawkinson, a fourth-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick next year. They just moved up in each draft a couple of one, one round and two rounds. Just that de- that Detroit Miami game was never going to be good anyways. The DD we both what are you know that. About? It was a great game. No, Detroit Miami. went up, scored three early touch. I mean, I watched it, Adidi. I was watching you. Were you watching me? I, I I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize you were in that game, but I I happened to watch it. I but did I didn't not. purposely put it on. I'm not going to lie. I keep it real. I didn't. Pr- okay. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't or I didn't remember that you were doing it. But, but did you I, hear me? Did I was just making fun me? of the Lions. I did. Were you pleased? Did you, I do a good job? Of course, you always do a great job. I would tell you. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't. T- if I thought you did a bad job, I would tell you off the air, not on the air. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Because he's a gentleman. I'm always looking for feedback, and what but could be better? I'm giving you feedback like for you. You do an excellent job. I would. T- I would tell you the oh, truth. But you, no, you do an excellent job as always. No, but I will tell you this. I really, I really like Tua. I was really very, very impressed by Tua. He's been great. Um, I enjoyed talking to him on a personal level. I think he's very, very smart. Um, clearly, his teammates really respect and like him. And what he has going on with Mike McDaniel is lovely to see. Aditi, are you, know? you getting more? And, are you? I'm sorry. Are you getting more comfortable? Are you like enjoy on the sideline? And I mean, the more you do this, you have you learned a lot? And what's I love something it. you learned along the I, way? I really, and I was saying this to a Bengals coach last night. Actually, I am enjoying it so much more than I thought I would. And it's, first of all, you're part of the broadcast, right? That's the most important thing. Everything else that we do is kind of just like chatter and talk and it's speculation and all of that. So I love actually being a part of the game. I love not being in the game of saying, hey, Cheeto Awuzie has a torn ACL, which yesterday was what we feared. And it's not really my job to break that sort of news anymore. So like, okay, great, cool. and also, it's so enlightening because when you're actually there on the field, you know what really happens. And then the next day in the paper or on TV, you read something that's completely different and you're like, uh, 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 I was actually there. That's not how it went down. And then you get and to come so on and not tell us about any of those contradictions. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I can't. That's like I know, the thing. Like, I know. And I referenced this earlier that yeah. we had this production meeting with Jacoby Brissett week two of the season and week one of the season of course in carolina that was there was that very weird like late um spike that kind of maybe should have been a grounding or something you recall what i'm talking about yes um and so week two we found out what actually really happened and why that went down and I can't tell you because we were just told, so we actually knew, and we didn't make a point of saying, oh, Jacoby Brissett screwed up because he didn't actually really screw up. Right. But we can't sell out the other guy to explain why exactly it happened. Uh, but it's he, cool still knowing it. Yeah, I get it's it. Fun. That would be. Aditi, let me, let me ask you this. What do you make of Kevin Stefanski's dominance, especially, you know, in 2010, the Bengals were a bad team, so I get it. But... Last year, the first and the second game last year, the Bengals were playing backups because they had to play for it. But the first game last year, the Browns killed them, and they were awful. But yeah, for the that, most that, was, that was the Odell Beckham week. Like they, the Browns weren't going to lose to anybody. The Browns so you, weren't going to lose to the '86 Bears that week. So you think uh-huh. you don't think there's anything to this? It's just coincidence that you the know, Browns have played I, I great in these that, games. Like, at some point, at some point, things become a trend. At some point, yeah. it, you can sit here and say, "Okay, wow, that's a lot of them." Sure, but. If you look at them individually, 
there's sort of reasons why certain things went down. And then yesterday, the Browns team that we saw was kind of the one that we expected to see. But you know what the big difference was, was they got up early. And so, and it's funny because I was talking about this with Duke Tobin, the Bengals general manager in the tunnel yesterday. They're a very different team when they're up early. The Browns get up early and all of a sudden they can run the ball and they can run it down your throat. And we saw it with Nick Chubb and the Bengals weren't able to kind of change their coverages. And, and also Cheeto Woozy got hurt and Trey Flowers got hurt. And so that also plays into all of it. But this is what the Browns have been striving for. Get up early and then let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt bring you home. And that's what we got to see. And how much fun was it? And oh my gosh, to your point, I am waiting to be ho-hum about Nick Chubb. And I just can't. Never. Every time I see him, I'm like, he is just that good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean. It's remarkable. I, at some point, greatness becomes like old hat. But it hasn't for me and Nick Chubb. Because Every time I see him, I'm just blown away. And I will tell you that yesterday I was standing by the locker room. Jason, this is when you were there too. And we watched all these guys walk into the locker room. All these Browns walk into the locker room. And just about everybody had a massive smile on their face, but not Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm, He was like done with a business trip. Basically, that was it. Well, according to Adam, he's scared. He's scared that his um, best friend might get traded. Or no, that was G. G G says he's scared his best friend might get traded, so he might be sad about that. Do you think that there's any chance that Kareem Hunt's going to be traded? Andrew Barry's not giving him away for nothing. And so is the compensation out there really going to be that otherworldly? That makes sense. And you look at the AFC North. Nobody is running away with it right now. The Ravens have only gotten more aggressive, right? Because they're seeing opportunity right here. The Bengals clearly have some vulnerabilities. And if they don't have a secondary anymore, let's see if they can bring in another corner today. And I I mean, it's not that easy to replace a corner like Cheeto Awuzie and just say, okay, let's snap our fingers here. So the Browns are suddenly within a game of the division lead and Deshaun, and not that it's fair because, of course, Jacoby Brissett is not the reason, the sole reason for why the Browns are sitting where they're sitting. But you've got Deshaun Watson coming back in, and this is the guy that you mortgage so much of your future on. You've still got a ton of talent. You're still fairly healthy. I don't think the Browns are giving up on the season by any means. And if Kareem Hunt is one of your biggest playmakers and one of your best assets, why would you just give him away? I don't think that the Browns are in position right now to be thinking about next year. I think they're very much alive this year. By the way, Didi, I agree with everything you said except one thing, and I think a lot of people say this, and I I disagree with this. When you trade a bunch of draft picks to get a great player, I don't think that's mortgaging your future. I think they gave themselves – the Browns had no future with Baker Mayfield because he's not a good quarterback. So they had to get a good quarterback. You can't win. I, I know the Giants are a fun story and the Jets are a fun story. Those teams are not winning anything, even if they make the playoffs, because they don't have quarterbacks. You can't, with almost with very few exceptions, you can't succeed long term, and you certainly can't succeed in the playoffs without a great quarterback. So I don't care how many first round picks they give up. If Deshaun Watson is the player eventually, even if he's rusty in the beginning, if he's the player he was in Houston for those first few years with this roster. They're gonna, they're gonna, they have a ch- chance of winning a Super Bowl, which, in my opinion, they never would have with Baker. What say you? I mean, I th- yeah, I do. I think that that's fair, and you're right. I think mortgaging their future is kind of a cliche, and it, we should all sort of have more of the less need mindset. 
like the object is to win right now and nothing is promised tomorrow anyway. Right. And you have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. So you try to win now. That's right. And I think that that's, it's funny. It's a conversation that's being had in Pittsburgh as related to its offensive coordinator. And it's not, you know, okay, we'll deal with whatever needs to change in February. If you know that, this is what you want to do, then put in the guy that you want to do it with now. Or if you know this isn't what you want to do, then get rid of that guy now. What's the point in waiting for eight more games? You know, so great point. I do agree with you. And I just don't think the Browns have given up on the year. And I don't think there's any reason for them to give up on the year. And in fact, Adam, isn't that the conversation we had last week? When we were talking about Kareem Hunt, is exactly what you said. You said, right. wait until Monday. Right. And if the Browns win, then don't move him because Not they're training. alive. And if they lose, they're done. And I That's said, right. well, I don't know that they're really done, all things considered, in the shape of the NFL right now and how much bad football we're seeing and you know what sort of records it's going to take to get into the playoffs. And it is just about getting into the dance. Like That's where we disagreed. But I don't think there's any Browns fan right now who can't look at yesterday's result and say we are very much alive. Yeah, you know, Didi, um, we we argue all the time. Now I think it's to the point where we're arguing about semantics. Yeah, right. Um, where where do you come off on the uh, you know the Nick Chubb over 20 carries, under 20 carries? Do you believe that there is a certain amount of carries that he should get? Or is it just a feel thing? Or do you think giving balls just as much as possible? And let me just no, give you, you the context. I, 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 I think it's a feel thing completely. I've never been a slave to you have to do it this many times. You have to run only five miles. Well, if you feel like getting six done today, great. And if you had a morning like I did today and there's no way that you can even get to three, okay, the effort counts for something. So I think if Nick is not getting hit a lot and it's all coming easy to him and the holes are enormous and all of a sudden he's at 24 carries and he's not gassed, okay, why would you stop him? And if you've got a four touchdown lead and Nick only has 14 carries, why force an extra six? I don't know that there's a magic number other than saying this is your best player. Ride him. Use him. Don't be afraid to use him. That's it. And again, don't go away from him, even if it's early. And, you know, like the one thing that I don't like, a football game is long. And just because you're down in the first quarter doesn't mean you're out of the game. So I think sometimes it's really important to stick with what you do well. And too often we see teams go down a touchdown or go down 10 points and just immediately panic-wise start throwing the ball. You don't have to do that. There's a lot of time left. Don't go away from the run. I mean, it's something that Mike LaFleur, the Jets' offensive coordinator, was talking about to us week two prior to the Jets facing the Browns. And he said that he remembers that Christmas Day game. It was Christmas, right? When the Browns and the Packers played each other. Yeah. So the Christmas Day game, the Packers, I believe, had gone down. And Mike was saying that his brother, Matt LaFleur, kept running the ball. And that was so instructive to him that you don't go away from what you do well if you do, in fact, have enough time. I mean, if you only have 70 seconds left, if you only have 50 seconds left, it's a different option. But especially early in a game, don't go away from the run. I think that it's way more important then to live with that, to stick with that, than it is to say, okay, X number of carries had to have been had. Aditi, I want to give you your flowers. You said last week that Miles Garrett was going to have to have the type of game um, to really turn this thing around. 
that he was one of the guys that you were sort of pointing to and looking to. He delivered. That was his best game of the year. I thought the effort was there. The production was there. The numbers were there. Just what did you think of Miles last night and just the defenses? I said for some reason they have to get their ass kicked by the Patriots before they figure out how to play defense. They turned it around last year after they were embarrassed in Foxborough. We saw signs last week of this turning, the way they contained Lamar, the way they got the turnover late in the game to get the offense, the ball back, and then it really spilled over into last night. Do you think they're starting to finally get some answers defensively? Do you think Miles heard me? Did you share with Miles what I said? Because he yes. walked off the podium. <laughs> he walked off the podium yesterday. I was standing right by the door and he gave me this like big smile and like, hey. And I was just like, hmm. And now that you mentioned that, maybe that was a He watches you know, the show every day. <laughs> funny you for doubting me. I don't know. Or maybe that I told Kevin Stefanski that yesterday. I said, I brought you luck. And he said, well, you'll be back every week, right? And I mean, obviously not. But maybe I should have said I lit the fire under Miles Garrett's tushy. Maybe that's what I should have said. There you go. It was. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is, it's exactly like I said last week, Jason, and I appreciate your remembering that and bringing that up. In a game like this, in a moment like this, you need your biggest best players to rise. And Miles met the moment. And that's I, it. And it I, and it was necessary. This is what I'll say. It was necessary. Yes, yep. it was great. Yes, it was fun to see. Yes, it was good, but at its core, it was necessary. And if you are going to be one of the biggest, best, brightest stars in the NFL. You need to do that every week. You just do. Yep. Aditi, great stuff as always. We love you. We'll see you next. We'll see you later in the week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Aditi. Thank you. All right. What is the, Thanks, uh, what is the internet saying there? Uh, yeah, Mike the internet's been uh, flying around after this Browns. Whenever we bring you what the internet says, it's brought to us by our great friends, our good friends, whatever you want to Actually, if you want to use bowl for our friends <laughs> over at PCC Airfoils. You're Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wilkip, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus a full benefit package and a swish from Jason Lloyd. Nope, you can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Jason, did you miss that? Missed it. Missed oh, for it. the history oh. of the show. It's, it's embarrassing. Brutal. It looked good. It he looked had a good weird angle. In I, his defense, he has a weird angle. Yeah. It doesn't matter the angle. I we got right. two super Go chats to read today. To Kenneth Yablowski says, did you guys notice no, Kenneth, Alex Kenneth Yablowski. Go ahead. Kenneth what? Forget it. It's it's right. I, I liked attempted it. humor. I liked it. Kenneth now you're scaring me. I say those you did nothing wrong. I Kenneth, tried to make a joke. It didn't get you. Keep it Kenneth, Kenneth says, did you guys notice Alex, Alex Wright played a lot inside last night? Seemed to work rather well. And Monty Berry says, we have to stop overhyping the Bills. They're not as good as we say they are. Here we go. Uh -huh. I told you. Don't we embarrass yourself, people. We got them right where we want Don't embarrass yourself. Win Miami and see how many oh, people are going to They're not so that good. good. Buffalo now. who? <laughs> there are a percentage of all fans, not just Cleveland fans, that determine after every week their team is how they played yes. that week. Yes. That's their team. Yes. Yep. And then every other week doesn't matter. And then they do it again the yep. next week and next week. Time for final takes. Jason, start us off. Wow. All right. Uh, uh, real quick, <laughs> you caught me off guard with that. You said he had, you said he had a. You said he had a Guardians one yesterday. Well, yeah. I did, but I'm going to punt on that one because yeah. I don't like it as much. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Kevin Love after the game the other night, and I'm actually leaving here to go talk to him, and I'm going to have a story on this in the coming weeks, but there's a pathway for Kevin Love to finish his career with the Cavs. And whoever saw that two years ago, three years ago, when these sides pretty much hated each other and were just staring at each other, waiting for the other one to go away. And it's just how this whole thing has come full circle with the Cavs, the way they've rebuilt this, the way that they're now a contender again. Kevin just wanted to play meaningful basketball at the end of his career. He has that opportunity. 
and I think that there will be a pathway now. Obviously, he's making a fortune, making $30 million a year. Um, he knows a, a steep pay cut is coming. I don't think it's league minimum, but it's a, it's a fairly dramatic cut over where he is now. He seems as if he's open to taking it, and I think there's a real chance that Kevin Love finishes his career a Cleveland Cavalier. He'll have his number in the rafters one day, and it's a happy ending to a story that was starting to get ugly for a couple years there. Uh, but, you know, for the, for the guy who was really ridiculed when the big three was first assembled and, and he took a lot of heat and then he got the big contract and he took heat for not living up to it, this whole thing could have a nice happy ending. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I love what's going on with him. I love that he's that veteran out there for them right now. They call him he, Grandpa Kev. Oh, my, I love that he's letting the Rex Reed gray come in the sides got, of his yep, hair. Yep, yep. He looks so he's like Almost as good as me. So, oh. yeah, I almost like exactly. Silver Fox, just like the bull. <laughs> um, Go ahead, Mike. I just want to say congratulations. Um, and I'm always happy for you, Pumpkinhead. Browns fan pumpkin head oh, who every you know you put that pumpkin on your head every single game events and whatnot his name's Gus Angelone I've met you Gus you're a nice gentleman and yet obviously yesterday Halloween game for pumpkin head Monday night football this was his Christmas this was like his make a wish and he got a lot of FaceTime because he has a pumpkin on his head and <laughs> Which it's inconvenient. Let's face it. Sometimes, probably, especially when you have really good seats for a Browns game. I don't believe that he could see through that all that well. It's a <laughs> terrible vantage point, and he takes those hits for the team because he's got a pumpkin on his head. And they and he does it every game. And yesterday he got to do it on Halloween. And I'll bet he's been waiting for that for a long time. And congratulations to you, Pumpkinhead, for living out that dream. Do you know what's crazy? Real hmm. quick, and I'll make this quick. Even a pumpkin on that dude's head is more. Uh, brain safe than they had when they first started playing football in like the 50s. That's like, true. They put pumpkins on their <laughs> that head is and actually would have been a better helmet. <laughs> yep. Nothing. That was when it was just like a lamb's bladder. I don't <laughs> understand. I never, I guess it's Halloween and I'm a curmudgeon about Halloween. I hate Halloween. Um, I thought it was interesting though that last night for Halloween, by the way, Rocky River, which has, the only thing I don't like about Rocky River is there's no diversity in Rocky River. It's like 92% blonde, blue-eyed white people. Um, well, it's an, you got a little Aryan suburb over there? Yeah, 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 yeah right. All right. <laughs> There's like two Jews. You're one of them? Five black people, three Puerto Ricans. You know, it's like not much diversity. But but last night for, for Trick or Treat, it was pleasant. It was like the United Nations at my house yesterday. Uh -huh. we, and we had everybody represented. It was great. That's You know why? Why? Because people drive from other neighborhoods yeah. to better neighborhoods for sure to happens. Trick or Treat. That happens in my neighborhood, and my neighborhood is bad. I loved it. So did I. It's great. It was great. And it's smart. And we, my parents, when we were in Youngstown, used to drive. We would go to a different neighborhood to go Trick or Treat. Yeah where they actually would be uh, participating. And by the way, the kids who came from the other neighborhoods were, were much more polite than the rude, spoiled kids from uh -huh. my neighborhood. I used to watch them in our old house before we moved. The van would pull up and the kids would pile out. <laughs> yeah, and oh it's, yeah. It's great. Come on Lady up. next door to me, up. by the way, no, it's not my, I know my final take's over. Yeah. Lady next door to me giving out full-size candy bars like a jerk, making me look lousy. Mm. Can you believe that? My so daughter I gotta give got, out three. My daughter got 10 full-size candy bars last what night. What neighborhood well, are you in? Ten. You live in even a more obnoxious town than Rocky River. Wow. 
That wow. is not true. What is a more obnoxious town? Rocky River, Avon Lake, 216. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. Rocky River or Avon Lake? I worked in Avon Lake gets a little oxy-cottony sometimes. Avon Lake's more. Rocky River is hoity, but I don't live in the hoity-toity part of Rocky River. I live on the southern southern end of Rocky River. Hey, listen, Earl understand where I come from, you can't trick-or-treat. Yeah. Ain't no such thing as trick-or-treat. You go to the school and they have something. You can't get to go door to door because bad things happen when you're after six o'clock going door to door. Or I that live. sucks, and that shouldn't be. That, that that's so sad. I'm I'm happy to that's have kids sad. from all neighborhoods at my Absolutely. house, and they were very you polite and nice kids. Lloyd and I was hooking them all up. All right, here we go. We go. I threw them like five, six candies each. Hey, we gonna we go gonna, ahead, we, G, we, gonna, we gonna continue to bus our people to your neighborhoods <laughs> for candy reparations. <laughs> for some candy. candy reparations. Shout out to y'all for handing out the good candy. Uh-huh. I, I salute y'all, man. Uh, <laughs> man, you know it's kind of weird, man. I, you know one of the things that we talk about. And culture, hip hop culture is so huge in the black community, and, and hip, everything is a hip hop culture. At some point, it's trickled through uh, our whole society. But one of the one of the craziest things, one of the those dangerous jobs in America is being a rapper, man. Um, okay, man, Earl, it just like seemed like we just all get emails. You know, um, you might not know who the Migos are, but you know they're a really big hip hop group, um, and they're really they really kind of the way they rapped. They really changed the sound of, of hip hop music for about, you know, I would say for the last 10 years or so. Um, and one of their members, Takeoff, died in a gambling, died gambling, shooting dice. And, and I just thought about how, um, as a black male, sometimes it's just, it's crazy. It's like, you know, if it's, not, you know, we've all been through instances and situations where we talked about it a couple years ago with police brutality. Um, but, but even with that, it's almost like as a black male in America, you can't win. Like you, you know, if you not, you're not, you're trying to duck that, but being around your own people comes with a, a level of, it's, it's, it's a level of danger in that too. You know, you don't want to be a person that says, okay, there's more than 10 black people here, or there's 10 people from the inner city. Now I got to be scared. Something going to happen, but it's crazy that, you know, you know, when we talk about things like Black Lives Matters and stuff and different things like that, you know, one of the things that, that we ourselves are giving ammunition to other people is to say, do you really believe what you're saying? Because we, we doing the most against our own people. You know, I, I've heard people robberies and dice games and just, you know, from, from Pop Smoke to Nipsey Hustle to PNB Rock, guys get robbed for jewelry. It's crazy. It's like you you are a target wherever you go. You can't be safe around your own hood. You can't be safe driving your car. Who knows which way you're going to go? To me, it's just really sad because I, I believe that black males are an endangered species, species. And it's so tough to see successful people that could change the way we look at things that can you know, get programs started to stop people from going down violence. Those those just happen to be rappers. And in our community, those are success stories. They're not lawyers. They're not doctors. We don't know no CEOs. There ain't no owners of no teams that that's African-American. So a lot of times people say, why do y'all look up to those people? We look up to them because they're the only symbol of success. That's why I want, that's why I want, I, I, I never don't go on shows. I never don't, if you got a podcast, they say, G. Bush, you want to come? I do it every time. And that's just because 
I don't ever want somebody to be like, you're not a representation of, of what a good, a good individual would do. So it's sad. Um, and and I, I don't want to get desensitized to it, make me feel like that's just part of the game. And, and I got to, I got to seclude myself, but um, we got to do better. We got, we got to do better, man. And um, in, in general, we can do better, but some had to give. Right, because we can't complain about stuff happening when, when people don't look at us as real individuals if we're not saying the same thing about our own people. Uh, my, my final take is kind of in a similar vein. It's, it's kind of two parts, but I think they are connected in some way. And since we have a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll get into it. Um, I've been very saddened by We've talked about it a little, and I've screamed and yelled and joked, but seriously... The, com- the, the comments by Kanye West and the promotion of anti-Semitic tropes by both Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, and yes, Kyrie, if you tweet about a book that, that talks about basically how all these awful things about Jewish people, you are promoting it. You're, you may not be going, uh, as uh, I think Rich Eisen said, you may not be going on a book tour, but you put it out to 4 million followers, most of whom didn't know anything about this awful stuff, and it's, it's really a shame. Um, Minority groups of all kinds in this country and around the world are marginalized and dehumanized, as Kyrie Irving has said. And Kyrie Irving talks about being dehumanized. A lot of people are dehumanized, and that's awful. But that's what he is supporting by supporting these awful books and movies that he put out there. There are bad people in every group of our population. But most people, I believe, are good. And to put everybody in a in a religious or racial or any kind of group as all bad people is despicable and i'm really di- i'm even more disappointed by the reaction to it and the whataboutism that's been used in this situation um I, i'm really disappointed and you know uh i have family members that were not that i knew obviously because it happened before i was born but some of my extended family before i was born were killed in the holocaust Okay, so taking it, I don't take this stuff lightly because we were, uh, Jewish people were parts of other countries that turned on them and then they were thrown in ovens. Okay, so uh, don't give me this nonsense about, well, it's okay what Kyrie says, he's entitled to his opinion. When When your opinion is ignorant, yeah, you have the right to say it, but I have the right to tell you you're being ignorant and causing a lot, lot of damage. You're not as smart as you think you are, Kyrie. And Steve Nash just got fired, by the way. I was going to say that. Like, within the last... From when you started the final take to right now, Steve wow. Nash just got Steve fired. Steve Nash and the Nets have parted ways. Because that's watching. the problem with the Nets. Is yeah, Steve right. Nash. Steve right. Nash. right. I've been saying it. Once they get that kook out of and, there. And, and yeah. by the way, that I, Canadian kook. I've always been one person to say that if you see something wrong, it don't matter if it's coming from your side or people that look like you, you should say something. Kudos but, to Richard Jefferson who called out Kyrie Irving. Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie yeah. Irving... Um, it is it's historically incorrect and, and that's why I tell people it's so important that yes our history in this world it is the past but I think you should definitely know your history and I think the school systems have to do a good job of teaching everybody what the, the past is so we don't make these same type, right. same mistakes. all of it. Yeah, it, it there is you know it happened it was one of the biggest stains on humanity and you have to understand 
You just tweeting something, bro. But you, we, you don't want our, we, but we don't want our kids to feel bad about that stuff happening. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> hey. I, maybe a deserved one. Hey, now yeah, and again. Yeah. I actually had a two-part final take, but that first part went long, so I'm going to leave it there. I'll do the other part tomorrow. Uh, guys, good to see you all. Good seeing you, too. We won. Browns win. We won, baby. Browns win. <laughs> hey, we get that Dolphins win. I'm telling you, Bill. Super I'm Bowl. Telling I'm it's telling you, Buffalo. Bill. Who? What? We got our guy what? Cam from Canada on Twitter. He's like, the Bills ain't that good. Hey, let, they, let's start that Cam, party right you, now. We just, beat, out of your mind. we just beat the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. That's true. The Bill, you know what I mean? So, the, look so, at it that way. Bills, Bills didn't go to the Super Bowl. That means we're better than the Bills. McNuggets, can we get that one more time about the – can we get the subscriptions and memberships? Yeah, we'll get the memberships. Let's go. One let's more go. Reminder, subscribe, subscribe. Become a member. Bell. Starters tier, $1.99. You get emojis, badges for mm -hmm. $4.99. And the coaches tier, we're going to start an overtime – uh, video Get after the McNuggets show based O face on viewer, emoji. Oh, oh, oh. Based on viewer <laughs> submissions, we're going to answer your guys' questions. Become a member, be a subscriber, hit that notification bell. We got Leroy, Robert, and Dave Richard tomorrow. So, nice. in other words, we won't be talking at all. Yes. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> here on the alternate Cleveland Sports Show. Hello. We love most of you. We hate the rest of you. See you tomorrow. Go Browns. <laughs>